At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more. Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This is VEASAN's Pro Football Betting Podcast. Here's your host, Danny Burke. All righty, welcome to it, ladies and gentlemen. Time for another edition of Prop Watch here on VEASAN's Pro Football Betting Podcast feed. And not only are we talking about props for Thursday night football between the Panthers and the Falcons, we've also got our specific time of the week where we delve into the futures market. We give a brief update on some of those that we have added recently and kind of a look ahead to ones that either stand out to myself or that I'm looking to play. So we'll give you an update on that and tell you which ones we're looking to circle out for NFL Week 10 and beyond. But again, I'm Danny Burke. You can follow along on Twitter at DannyBurke5. And if you want a full breakdown for Thursday Night Football with Carolina and Atlanta, make sure you check out the other episode available still on the same feed. But Matt Humans and I breaking down the side, the total, the money line, and we're looking ahead to some early spots that stand out to us for NFL Week 10. But the full breakdown also available in the same spot you got this one. But folks, let's go ahead and dive into it. I've got two props that I have bet for Thursday Night Football. So let's begin with the side of Atlanta and Cordero Patterson and his rushing yards prop. Now, before I list it out to you, let me set the stage a little bit with Patterson. So if you were watching last week, you know that Patterson came back into the mix after his injury. He had 13 carries, 44 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns. And he also had one reception for nine yards, but uh, a really good day for him finding the end zone twice in his return, although only getting 44 rushing yards off of 13 carries isn't ideal, but we've kind of seen the volatility with Patterson before this. 
So he's played in five games this year, and if you look at his averages throughout that span of five games, he is averaging over 14 carries for 77 rushing yards and 5.4 yards per rush attempt. So it's kind of, again, wishy-washy, meaning versus New Orleans in the first game he was in, had 22 carries for a buck 20 on the ground. Then at Los Angeles against the Rams, 10 carries, 41 yards. And the next game at Seattle, 141 yards on the ground. And then versus Cleveland, 38. And then versus the Chargers in his return, he had 44. So again, it's kind of been sporadic with Patterson. But you know that he's going to be getting a majority of the looks on the field. And something worth note as well, Patterson, like I said, has played in five games. And he has just as many rushing touchdowns. He has gotten a rushing touchdown in every game except at Los Angeles against the Rams. Had one against the Saints, one at Seattle, one versus the Browns, and then two in his return versus the Chargers this past Sunday. Plus 111, that's the price for an anytime touchdown if you think he can make it happen again against the Carolina Panthers. But like I said, I'm looking at his rushing yards prop. So with all of these numbers in mind that we know that Patterson has accumulated up to this point, Let's look at Carolina. Well, this is a run defense that is allowing 139 rushing yards per game. They rank 23rd in DVOA run defense, and they allow opposing tailbacks 4.5 yards per rush attempt. Carolina is getting ran on 31.2 times per game. Folks, that is the second most in the National Football League. When all is said and done, my projection comes out to Patterson getting about 15 carries for 70 rushing yards. Nick Chubb had 22 carries for a buck 41 against the Panthers. Saquon Barkley had 21 for 72. Alvin Kamara had 15 for 61. Now James Conner, 15 carries, 55 rushing yards. Jeff Wilson Jr. had 17 carries for a buck 20. And then Huntley, the last time they played because Patterson was out, even Huntley had 16 carries for 91 yards. And most notably, most notably, last week, my guy Joe Mixon, and I say my guy because I got him on a couple fantasy teams, so selfishly saying my guy, Joe Mixon had 22 carries for 153 rushing yards against the Panthers, four rushing touchdowns, one receiving touchdown. Unbelievable performance out of Mixon. Look, I know that the Panthers kept it close against the Falcons a couple weeks ago, but you saw the true nature of what this Panthers team is. It's a team that's clearly tanking. It's a team that is just not good really in any facet. And I think Cordero Patterson, despite being on a short week, coming off that two-touchdown performance where he didn't have the greatest day on the ground, I think he can get a big spark against this wide-open run defense that is featured in Carolina. So again, I have him at 15 carries for 70 rushing yards. But what does the market have him at? Well, it's kind of varied depending on where you shop. But the best number I saw was 51 and a half. 51 and a half for Patterson in his rushing yards at BetMGM. The overprice was minus 115. You bet I'm betting that over. Patterson over 51 and a half yards. Now, again, I know he's only gone over that twice, but when he has, he has soared over it, right? He got a buck 20 and then a buck 41 in the games where he's gone over. In the games where he hasn't, well, against Cleveland, only had nine carries, and then at Los Angeles against the Rams, only had 10 carries. In his first game back against the Chargers, you know, let him get kind of back into the mix with the 13 carries for 44 yards, but he was still pretty dang close, and I think he's going to get about 15 plus rush attempts in this game which should bolster him over the 51 and a half rushing yards mark so I really like this bet I did Patterson over 51 and a half rushing yards 
And honestly, I'd probably play this up until it got to 53 and a half. If it's over that, I mean, I wouldn't be as tempted. And I know you may be thinking, well, Danny, you're projecting him to get 70 rushing yards. So why wouldn't I play it all the way up until there? Well, then comes into the conversation point of value, right? Knowing where this number open and where it's moved to. If I know that I could have got Patterson at like 51 and a half, but now it's moved to 55 and a half, certainly not as enticing as the original number. Now, I know when this gets released, sometimes these lines have altered. So that's why I give you kind of the, the point that I would reach, which would be 53 and a half. If you're really confident in it, 55 and a half, I guess I'd say would be the absolute max. But again, missing it by that many yards, even though it doesn't seem like a lot, it is. Trust me, I've had these bad beats before. So that's why you really want to keep it narrowed down from the discrepancies of where these have opened and where they have shifted to. But I do believe Patterson gets over 51 and a half rushing yards fairly comfortably Thursday night against the Panthers. And folks, speaking of the Panthers, let's go to that side of the ball. And let's talk about P.J. Walker. What can P.J. Walker do in this game against the Atlanta Falcons' pass defense? The Falcons are allowing 310 passing yards per game. That is awful. And 417 total yards of offense. So somehow, despite the Falcons actually being in division contention, in playoff contention, their defense has been abysmal. They're 29th in DVOA defense overall and 29th against the pass. The Falcons are allowing opposing quarterbacks to complete 69% of their passes, which is 31st out of 32 teams, so not good. Falcons are also allowing 28 completions per game. That is dead last, and they are getting thrown on 40 times per game, which is second to last. So even though P.J. Walker isn't really the ideal quarterback to bet overs on, right, he's not your... Uh, prototype of a uh, passing quarterback on a consistent, secure basis, I, I think it's too hard to ignore his props in this game. When he went up against Atlanta the other week, he went 19 of 36 in the air, 317 passing yards, one passing touchdown, one interception. That's kind of absurd when you think about it. 19 completions, but got 317 passing yards out of it. That comes out to an average of over 16 yards per completion. Remarkable out of P.J. Walker. Now, he's really only had a three game of a solid sample size, and in that span, he's averaging about 15 completions, 25 pass attempts, a buck 85 in the air. My numbers come out to him completing anywhere from 18 to 20 completions, 28 to 32 pass attempts for about 200, uh, 200 flat passing yards. So I'm looking around, and I see Bet Rivers has the best number, 173 and a half, the over minus 115. I see other books, and it's at 174 and a half. Then they're moving to 175 and a half. And so, by the way, I'm recording this about noon on Wednesday. All right. So 173 and a half at Bet Rivers. Everywhere else, 174, 175, whatever. I jump in at Bet Rivers because I've established that I wanted to bet this and that I knew this number would move and I wanted to get the best of it. So I jumped in on the Bet Rivers price of 173 and a half minus 115. What do you know? Two minutes after I make the bet, it already jumps up to 175 and a half. But here's the thing that's why it is worth searching these numbers as soon as possible, folks. Tuesday, early Wednesday, you can still get a fantastic spot on a lot of these props, not only for Thursday night football, but beyond when looking into Sunday slate. 
So again, I did play PJ Walker over 173 and a half. Now, I understand that this number is gone. So what would I still play it up to as of this point? I would play this up to like 177 and a half realistically. I know you can still get 174 and a half out there. I know you can still get 175. So yes, that is still a go. Again, I think P.J. Walker gets 200 passing yards. He got over 300 the first time. I don't think it was really a fluke because the Falcons' pass defense is really this bad. And I just listed out all the numbers that present that case to you. And I believe the Falcons probably win this game again. They will be leading. So that will force the Panthers to have to pass the ball more. And no, P.J. Walker is not the most reliable candidate. But seldom do you get this low of a passing yards prop with a guy who's already eclipsed it against a defense this bad. So the second prop that I have played is P.J. Walker over his passing yards at 173.5, would play it up to 177.5. And then for the other one, remember Patterson, over 51.5 rushing yards is what I played it at, and I would bet that up to 53.5. If it's as high and you're really late to the party and it's at like 55 and a half, yeah, I'd still lean over, but really try to shop around and get a number lower than that. But those are my two props that I am rocking with for Thursday night football. Okay, folks, let's transition into the futures market, a segment we've been doing the past few weeks, and we're always going to release it on this day more often than not, unless something ridiculous occurs, but... Uh, I want to spend a brief amount of time updating the ones we have made throughout the course of the season. I won't really spend as much time, or really any, at least in this episode, about the ones we made preseason. I'll update those another time, but if you do want to hear our update, check out last week's episode. We go fully in-depth with an update on those. But in terms of the ones that we made about three weeks ago, I think, at this point... Let's start with the Philadelphia Eagles. We pulled the trigger on them over 13 and a half wins at the price of minus 130. Seldom am I going to want to take an adjusted win total so high at 13 and a half throughout the season while laying juice at minus 130. But seldom do you get a very viable path in a schedule that the Eagles have in front of them. But the bad thing is, if you haven't gotten invested, I would not do it now because 14 and a half is the number and there is juice to the over. The issue with that is, yeah, I mean, Philly certainly is going to try probably to get the undefeated season, but there are some spots where they could lose, okay? You get Green Bay at home week 12. I don't really think they lose that game, but that potentially is one of them. Tennessee week 13, always a tough out. At New York against the Giants, that could be one. At Chicago, hey, Chicago's got some offense. At Dallas versus New Orleans, then versus the Giants. Look, I don't think they're going to go undefeated, but I don't think there are more than three losses on that schedule. You're going to take care of business on Monday night against the Commanders. You will win against the worst team in the league with Jeff Saturday taking over for whoever knows what reason. Uh, Week 11 at Indy. Week 12 versus Green Bay, you should win. That is a Sunday night game. Week 13 versus Tennessee, yeah, you probably win. Uh, At New York against the Giants, I think you still win that game, but let's just play devil's advocate and say that's one loss. All right, you're going to beat the Bears. There's no way they're stopping your offense. You could lose at Dallas. That's two losses. 
You'll win versus the Saints week 17, week 18. Hey, you might not need that game because, well, you have the division wrapped up and the number one seed wrapped up. So three losses if they're not even trying in week 18. That gets you to 14 wins. So that's why 13 and a half was the max I would play. I would stay away at 14 and a half. I wouldn't do anything. I certainly wouldn't bet the under, uh, but I would just stay steady with our Eagles play as of this time. One that you maybe still could get invested in, though, the Detroit Lions. Now, we took them under six and a half wins at minus 130 a few weeks back. They had only one win at the time, and it was during their bye week, which is week six in the NFL. They then went on to lose at Dallas versus Miami, but somehow pulled out the win against Green Bay. There is no positives to take away from that game against Green Bay for either team. Only negatives. So even though Detroit got a win in that game, which to me was slightly unexpected, it doesn't change the course of the direction of what I think is going to end up with their win total and how I think they're going to look going forward. So I feel really comfortable at our six and a half spot, but five and a half is what you can get now at a lot of spots and plus 110 at DraftKings, I know, is a price to the under. I honestly think at most they get six wins right now. And that was my argument beforehand. But still, like at Chicago, I like the Bears in that game. At New York against the Giants, the Giants should take care of business if they're a legit team that we've seen up until this point in the season. Versus Buffalo, Bills should win. Versus Jacksonville, and eh, that's a toss-up. We'll give you a win there. All right, three wins. Versus Minnesota, Minnesota loves to make it hard as hell <laughs> i i mean minnesota should win so i'm gonna give them the nod but minnesota may find a way to lose that one at new york against the jets you should lose that game at carolina you can win that game all right that's what four wins versus chicago i think the bears will be fighting to the end i wouldn't be shocked if the bears beat them twice but let's just say for argument's sake they split with chicago that's what five wins then week 18 at green bay Maybe the Packers somehow are in playoff contention and need it. Plus, you beat them the first time. They they don't want to get embarrassed by the Lions twice, especially at home in the last game of the year. So, again, my point is, I think the Lions at max get five wins. I know I've said six earlier. That was playing it safe when the number was six and a half, and now I'm thinking it's five. So, if you feel tempted to get involved in fading Detroit, I don't hate the idea of going under five and a half at plus 110. Of course, I'm not going to double dip because I have the six and a half. And if you do, I wouldn't recommend it. But if you're looking to fade them in some capacity, again, I wouldn't force it. But I'm saying if you're looking at this bet and you do like the under, I still think you're safe with the five. But I'm not in love with it. And I'm certainly not giving it out as an official play considering we already have the six and a half. I'm just saying I think Detroit probably ends up with five wins max. Now, the Carolina Panthers, this is interesting because we took them under four and a half wins at minus 110. And then they go on to beat Tampa Bay, which was just ridiculous. And they almost won at Atlanta, which was going to drive me nuts. But they lost that game, and then they got smoked at Cincinnati. Now, I do think the Falcons win this next game, okay? And if you are in the same thought process as me, liking the Panthers under four and a half wins, thinking they lose to the Falcons on Thursday night, well, then you'd want to jump in on this before that game. If you're not so sure, you think the Panthers can pull it out, well, have some patience. See if their win total adjusts to maybe five, or if you just get a plus price to the under, and then he could jump in on it. So I, again, did under four and a half, and that's where it's currently at across the board. The under is like minus 105 at DraftKings. 
I still feel fine with the under four and a half. Maybe not fine, but I feel okay with it. Because I was feeling great before that Tampa Bay game, which was just an unprecedented type of win. But still, I think they lose against Atlanta. Then you go to Baltimore on the road, you probably lose. You get Denver at home. As bad as Denver is, you would hope the Broncos should be able to take care of business. Then you're at Seattle post-bye week. Seahawks are looking great. You get the Steelers at home. You know what? I'll give you a win there, even though they are the better team. But uh, I'll give you a win. All right, there's three. You get Detroit at home. Heck, who cares? I'll give you four. Week 17 at Tampa Bay. Nah, the Bucs will need that one. Week 18 at New Orleans. Yeah, the Saints at home are a tough out, and they'll probably need it if they're in playoff contention. So if I'm being generous, four is the max I see for the Panthers. If you haven't gotten involved when we did a few weeks ago, I still think the Panthers under four and a half wins is a viable play. Now, again, remember, if you think they may lose Thursday night against Atlanta, wait. But if you feel confident enough in the Falcons taking care of business, jump in on it now because it is going to shift to like four or there will be heavy juice to the under. So make sure you're configuring that in your mind before you make those type of bets. Sauce Gardner, our guy has been killing it. I know we didn't get the best number with him, but hey, considering where it's at now, I'm feeling pretty solid. We took him three to one to win defensive NFL rookie of the year. Now he is... is High as minus 120, right? You're not going to take that now because it's scary. You know, with injuries, you could really get screwed. You know, knock on wood, we're hoping it doesn't happen to anybody. But uh, the best number you can get for Sauce Gardner is even money to win the award at Caesars. I just don't think it's worth it now. But we did take three to one. I thought uh, Brett Coleman, by the way, on Twitter, he tweeted this out and uh, at Brett Coleman on the tweet. So uh, this is really just a great tweet to display how great Sauce Gardner has been. He said, receivers covered by Sauce this year. Amari Cooper, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Stephon Diggs, and Gabe Davis. Total catches versus man coverage, four for just 28 receiving yards. Unfreaking believable. This guy, if he stays healthy, again, knock on wood, he is winning this award. There is no doubt in my mind. I know Seahawks. Seahawks fans are not going to be happy about that. You got some decent corners back there yourself who are rookies, but it's Sauce Gardner's to lose because he is in the public eye, especially after he put the cheese head on at Lambeau Field. I'm sorry. The publicity gives him the angle. The Jets looking really good too give him the angle. It just him, I don't know, having a sick name and just having a lot of a lot of recognition coming into this year and living up to the hype. I'm telling you, man, this kid, if he stays healthy, he's winning this award. A bet we made last week, um, the 49ers plus 550 to win the NFC. So the best number you can get right now is 5-1 to one at a couple different outlets in the state of Illinois. That would be the, I, I wouldn't go lower than that, meaning I wouldn't do plus 450 or 4-1. to 5-1 would be the lowest I would go. Again, I took plus 550, so not too much of a difference. But uh, the 49ers are coming off their bye, and this is really a bet. I'm just assuming they can at least get to the NFC Championship game. It would be great if they won and I cash out the plus 550, but with this ticket, you are banking on them getting there, and then you can sit on a money line price virtually of the 49ers plus 550 against, presumably, the Philadelphia Eagles. And then from that point, you can hedge or do whatever you want. Let it ride, you know, cash out, all those different options. But throughout the NFC, there's really only three teams as of this moment that would be legit contenders. 
It's the Eagles, it's the 49ers, and I'll let you choose between the Cowboys and the Vikings. You maybe give the nod to Dallas because, well, they have a great defense and Minnesota clearly does not and Kirk Cousins clearly does not perform in primetime. The Bucks, yeah, we sweat out their money line and we're happy they beat the Rams, but come on, it's a mess over there right now. So the 49ers, with how great their coaching is with Shanahan and company, with the experience they have on both sides of the ball and as Jimmy G is your quarterback, with the addition of Christian McCaffrey to an already lethal offense featuring Debo Samuel and company, this team is built for a playoff run. Arguably the best coaching in the league. Arguably the most diverse and versatile team on both sides of the ball. In a weak conference, the 49ers have it made. I'm not worried the Seahawks are looking good. Doesn't concern me. I think the 49ers win the division. And even if they don't, whatever. I still like this ticket. The 49ers are a completely organized, well-coached machine. And I this is the year for them to get there. The argument against Philly is, well, they haven't really played a tough schedule. So maybe the 49ers will have the advantage in that regard. But if they face, it will be in Philly. So again, that's why it gives you the hedging opportunity. And I still think it's a good bet to make on the 49ers, even if it's 5-1. to one, But I really like that price for them to win the NFC because by the time we get there, I think we'll be happy we made that selection looking back at it. So those are the bets that we made a few weeks ago. Nothing that I'm really going to add in terms of a futures bet I like right now going forward. But some notable things. Geno Smith is now the favorite over Saquon Barkley for comeback player of the year. Rightfully so. Probably didn't help that Saquon had a bye week. If he goes off, eh, he could still be in contention. But, you know, Geno Smith is uh, pretty much laying a price. As high as minus 140, I see. Barkley, he can get like plus 160. He does deserve it. Don't get me wrong. But generally, you're giving the award to a guy coming back from an injury. And Saquon suffered multiple injuries. But quarterbacks always get the nod over any other position. Uh, Pete Carroll, speaking of the Seahawks, he is now in the conversation odds-wise with Dable, O'Connell, Sirianni for Coach of the Year. In some spots, Pete Carroll is ahead of Dable and O'Connell. But other spots, you can get him like 8-1, to one, which is the same price as those guys. In terms of Coach of the Year... If Nick Sirianni has his Eagles team go 14-3 and or better, I think he wins it. Because he's still a newer coach. There were still some doubters out there with Philly and Jalen Hurts. And this team has just been steamrolling their opponents. Brian Dable, yes, great story. Amazing. Making Daniel Jones somewhat of a competent piece offensively. Yeah, you should get your own separate award for that. The issue is you're going to finish third in your division. And it's still probably going to be a sweat to make the playoffs. Probably. Maybe not. But I don't think he can finish third in your division and win coach of the year. When Sirianni's the favorite and is going to be ahead of you. Kevin O'Connell. I have him at 20-1. to 1. I would love for him to win. The issue is, well, the defense doesn't look great. Your division's not that tough. And people just aren't giving you as much credit because you don't win in comfortable fashion. You always make it closer than it needs to be. So unfortunately, that's kind of the knock on O'Connell. But hey, if they keep winning their games, who cares? If they have one loss, two losses, whatever it is, you know, we'll take it. And, and you have to make the argument for him. A win is a win at the end of the day. It's hard to win in the NFL no matter how it gets done. As long as it gets done, you get a chance for this award. Robert Sala, yeah, the Jets are looking fine. Zach Wilson's a liability. They got to work around him. 
it's all the running game and a great defense. So, yeah, props to um, Robert Sala for doing that. But he's not going to win it, guys. Come on. He is not going to win this award. Don't waste your money on Robert Sala. Again, a team that's going to finish potentially last in their division. I don't think they actually do. I think they're better than the Patriots right now. But you still got to overcome the Bills and the Dolphins, which I don't think they're a better team than. Mike McDaniel should get it more so than Robert Sala. I know they have more weapons in Miami, but still. So, um, yeah, I, I, I get the argument with Pete Carroll. I would put Pete Carroll over Dable. I would probably put Pete Carroll and O'Connell in the same regard because O'Connell will get the leg up because he's a first-year coach, and that's a perfect spot to win this award, and he's going to win the division. I don't believe the Seahawks win the division. I believe the 49ers do. And let's see the Seahawks play against a really tough opponent. We've seen it with Minnesota. They got smoked by the Eagles, but that's the guy who's in the lead for coach of the year. Okay, so uh, yeah, I think it goes Sirianni, Carroll slash O'Connell, Dable, Mike McDaniel, and then Robert Sala. That's how I would have it. Let me know if you actually want to bet it. I'm curious. I, I'm not betting anything more in this award, but it uh, should be a fun one to sweat out, no doubt. At Danny Burke 5 on Twitter where you can reach out, by the way. Final topic, how about most valuable player? I think this one could be worth a play. If you don't mind uh, not having great, tremendous value that you could have had at the beginning of the year. Guess what? So what? It happens, okay? Like, you're going to miss out sometimes. But at the end of the day, if you're still winning money, you're winning money. And it's not something that you want to keep up consistently. But if you see a clear path, like we've mentioned in this episode and plenty more before, it still could be worth a play. And I'm talking about Jalen Hurts to win MVP. Now, Patrick Mahomes is the favorite pretty much at every jurisdiction in every book ahead of Jalen Hurts. Some actually have Allen ahead of Hurts, which I think is incorrect because, well, Allen's a little banged up, and I just don't think that's I just don't think that's the um that's the right move to have him ahead of Jalen Hurts either. But let's look at Jalen Hurts stats right now. Okay. If you look at Hurts and what he's been able to do this season, he has a completion percentage of sixty-eight percent. He's got 12 touchdowns to two interceptions. He's passed for over 2,000 yards, and he's got a QBR of 107.8 at ESPN. Uh, Let me get his rushing stats really quick. He's got 326 rushing yards, six rushing touchdowns. All right, not too bad. Now, looking at Patrick Mahomes' numbers, let's see what Patty Mahomes has been able to do. Patrick Mahomes, he's passed for over 2,600 yards. Completion percentage of 66%. So he gets the yardage, but completion percentage goes to Jalen Hurts. Mahomes has 21 passing touchdowns to six interceptions. Remember, Hurts is at 12 to 2, but Hurts also has six rushing touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes only has one rushing touchdown. The Chiefs sit right now at the top of the division. They're finally looking good throughout the AFC West. And they are 6-2. and two. The Chargers 5-3 and three behind them, but realistically, they're going to win that division. The Eagles, as we know, undefeated 8-0. You can make the argument the NFC East is tougher than the AFC West right now. You absolutely could. And you should. The Chargers, I love them. I got their Super Bowl ticket 25-1, but they don't look good at all. They're barely getting by. Broncos stink. Raiders, terrible. Cowboys, good. Giants, very impressive. Commanders somehow winning these games. I don't think they're actually good, but the NFC East is tougher. Hurts has been more impressive. 
I think because of the value, meaning that you're getting a better price than Mahomes on Hertz, and he has been the surprise, whereas Mahomes is always in this conversation, Hertz is your MVP right now. You can get him at plus 250 to win this award. Now, I don't think I'm going to invest in it just because plus 250 isn't the greatest price to get. And maybe it fluctuates as we go down the remaining weeks of this year. If the Eagles finally lose a game, right? Like, then maybe that's drastically enough to make him like three to one because that was the main reason he was at the top because of the record. Well, it should be because of his stats and how he's improved too and just how great he's been. But these markets kind of fluctuate oddly sometimes. I would have Hertz as my MVP. Mahomes would be second. Allen would be third. If you're fine with betting it because you think the same way, I don't hate it at all. I just don't know if that's one of the bets I'm willing to lock up right now. But I do believe Jalen Hurts is your MVP. And if you think the same and you want to pull the trigger, plus 250, the best price at multiple outlets in the state of Illinois to jump on the Jalen Hurts wagon, baby. All right, folks, that's all I got for this edition of Prop Watch slash a futures update. Once again, remember... We are riding Patterson over 51 and a half rushing yards, as well as PJ Walker over a buck 73 and a half in the passing game. Would play that up to about 177 and a half, and then Patterson probably up to 53 and a half. Best of luck with whatever you're playing for this game. Make sure to check out our full in-depth preview for Thursday night. Matt Humans and I take you through that. And then tomorrow, Mike Palm and I going through every single game on the Sunday slate. All of that available on VEASAN's Pro Football Betting Podcast feed. Appreciate if you like and subscribe so you get notified when the episodes are released. Make sure to follow along on Twitter at DannyBurke5 and check out VSIN.com. So you can get a best bets page with a list of all of our plays, not only from the podcast, but every show, all the hosts, all the guests at VEASAN. So check it out, VEASAN.com. Thank you for listening. Best of luck. And we'll talk to you soon, folks. Take care.